0: So let me tell you, friends, it is difficult to write a sermon about faith while living through and preparing for a hurricane. You find yourself doing all the prep while the forecast keeps changing. You don't have any clue what is going to happen. You're stressing out but trying not to stress out too much. People are buying up all the water using up all the gas. We found that they were buying up all the toilet paper again for some reason. (laughs) And this is all not to mention that we knew the devastation that Ian would have wherever it decided to land. And yeah, in the middle of all of these heightened mix of emotions, here are these verses in the Bible telling us just to have faith. Despite how exhausted we feel by this emotional roller coaster, perhaps grateful for how we were spared, and those mixed emotions of deep grief for those that were not, the sermon title today still calls us to somehow be faithful. Difficult. Impossible. I, I just can't do it. Or maybe. Challenging, timely, appropriate, just what I needed to be reminded of. Ouch. Saying be faithful when the circumstances are low and the fa- uh, path ahead is clear is fairly easy. But saying be faithful when the stakes are high and the path ahead of us is uncertain and the world keeps shifting and the worlds just can't stay stable for the life of them, that is the hard part. But that is the reality of life we find ourselves in. Our world is changing. Whether it's riding the waves of emotion that is another hurricane coming through our area, the ups and downs and uncertainties of living through a global pandemic, the divisiveness of contemporary politics, the uncertainty of what a changing church landscape will look like, or the continuing conversations around diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice in this world. When you mix all that together, having faith in the path ahead can be hard. And for us as a church... We get to pile on top of all of this uncertainty of life, the transition of a new senior pastor. After the transitions of all these new, wonderful, long-term staff members who have retired. And when you pile all of that up together, faith becomes this tall task for us, doesn't it? But the call to faith is not new. We are not the first to stumble upon these commands in the scriptures. In fact, we are not the first who may have wrestled with this call to faith that may have felt impossible. In fact, we can find a lot of solidarity with the early Christians in Hebrews and this call to faith. So I invite you to dive with me into our scripture reading for today. As we don't have a screen, you're welcome to follow along in your pew Bible if you wish. It is the book of Hebrews chapter 11 starting in verse 1 through 16. I will be doing a little bit of abbreviation, so you'll notice I'll skip over some verses. So don't worry, it's intentional as it is a long passage. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous When God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own, If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Scholars don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, and honestly, they don't know who the intended audience of the book was either. But what they do know that this book isn't a letter as much as it is a sermon. And so from that, they can get the idea of what kind of a sermon this book is intended to be and what kind of problems this sermon was addressing The people of Hebrews needed encouragement. They were a congregation who had grown tired and weary. Their numbers had dwindled, and they were having trouble keeping the faith. They were a people steeped in a culture that knew well the perils and the persecution that came with having the Christian faith. They knew well of being brave and bold enough to defy the culture and worship God instead of the government. And the weight of all of this persecution, and the weight of the failure of their church, it weighed just so, so heavy on them. And while we don't know their specific circumstances, we know the weight of what it kind of feels like to get to that place, don't we? That bottom of the pit place, that pity party place. When we get to that place when it feels like we just can't go on any longer, that all-hope-is-lost moment when it feels like the bad guys are going to win or, or and we're going to lose the championship game, that there is just no way forward. This is the place in which these Christians found themselves. But this preacher who was writing to them knew how to pull them out of it. This preacher knew how to encourage them to go forward. This preacher knew how to encourage them to somehow, even though it was hard, even though it seemed impossible, to somehow have faith. And so the preacher began to tell stories of the past. The preacher began to look back on other stories, other heroes of the faith, other stories of triumph within the scriptures of those who had gone before and had kept the faith. The story of Cain, of Enoch, of Abraham, of Sarah. These stories that were foundational to who they were as a people. The stories of faith that made up the DNA of who they were that day. The stories that even made it possible for them to be the church in that day and age. The stories that made it possible for them to live out the gospel in their context. Because that pastor knew that those stories then, those legacies of faith then, that would expire, inspire them in the days ahead. Those stories of faith would inspire them to hold on despite their weariness, to hold on despite their smaller numbers, despite the persecution of the culture around them. Those stories would remind those folks to hold fast and true just as those before them had held fast and true. Just as God worked through those people back then that God could work through them too. Just as God had prepared a heavenly better country for those people, God was bringing the better heavenly country, the kingdom of God, here on earth for them And we today can be encouraged that God is bringing that same kingdom of God for us today, now. You may have seen it, but in the hallway here between the sanctuary and the fellowship center is this long line of photos, all former senior pastors of this church. And so as I was thinking through and praying through the sermon before the sermon, before the storm hit this week, I was taking some time to prayerfully walk through that hallway and spend some time in the sanctuary. And so I thought about what that timeline represented, not just in those senior pastors and the pastoral leadership of this church, but in all the things that the faithful people, the laity, the staff, the children and youth and pastors have had an impact in this church over the years. By faith, this church has withstood many hurricanes, Ian, Irma, Francis, Jean, and Charlie, and that's just in the 2000s and 2010s alone. By faith, this church made it through World War I, the Roaring Twenties, the Great Depression, World War II, the Civil Rights Movement, as David has mentioned before, taking stands for inclusion when it was tough to do so. This church made it through the COVID-19 pandemic and I believe made it through so much stronger on the other side. Seeing a deepening of discipleship and commitment, a growth in new people who are coming to us new to the faith or returning after a long absence, a beautiful thing to see. By faith, we can look back on our history and know that we made it through all those things. They may not have been easy. Holding on to faith may have seemed impossible in some of those times. Some of the decisions along the way may have been hard to make, I know. But with God's help, we can hold on to our faith to go forward together. But how? By staying faithful to who we are and who God has called us to be. In fact, when I first came to be one of your pastors, that is something David was very quick to reassure me of over and over and over again. If I was ever nervous about anything, even for a second, David would say, just be yourself, that is why you are here. And that has been life-giving and affirming advice for me and my ministry here. And I think that is life-giving and affirming advice for us as a church as a whole— We are to be faithful to who we are and who God has called us to be. On Wednesday morning, we learned that 25 migrant farm workers in our community were in desperate need of shelter with no other place to go. So what did we as a church do? We opened up our gym. I remember when I got the news via text, I ran and got a suitcase and started throwing spare blankets and bedding I had inside until I learned that Trish Warren and the Pattinsons and other people had it covered. Those men and women had a safe place to stay, plenty of food and water, including a hot breakfast the next morning, thanks to our kitchen staff. And on Facebook, I kept seeing many of you all rejoicing in the story with me with no hesitation. Sharing that story over and over again on social media about how glad we were to be able to do that for our neighbors in need. Happy that we were able to open our doors to our neighbors who needed it with no hesitation. That is who we are. This is what it means to be faithful to who we are and who God has called us to be. Even when the path ahead is uncertain, we can remember who we are. Even when we are riding an emotional roller coaster, we can remember who God has called us to be. And so we can continue to be faithful to who we are right now with people who are hurting after Hurricane Ian. As we've mentioned, we are collecting donations now for people who are in need. The absolute greatest needs right now are for the water and tarps we're collecting to go down to Southwest Florida tomorrow. So if at all possible, you can bring water or tarps before 8:30 a.m. tomorrow. That is our absolute greatest need. But for our local community, we also need non-perishable food items, sunscreen, and water. We also need completed hygiene kits and cleanup kits, and we have all that information available to you on our website of the specific things needed for those items. We also know if you're unable to go out and get things yourselves, donations do make a difference, and so you can either donate to the church, notating that it's for Hurricane Ian, or you can go directly to flumc.org slash Ian and donate directly to Florida Hurricane Recovery there. And so we also invite you, in addition to your volunteering, in addition to your donating, I invite you to pray. Pray for the many Floridians, including many fellow United Methodists who have been severely impacted by this storm. Pray for the many volunteers and staff who are working to assist in disaster recovery including many from our own congregation who we are extremely thankful for. In the days ahead, we know we can make a difference. We can be faithful to who we are. We can stray true to this, and we can allow it to carry us forward into the future. Because although none of us know what the future will hold true, hold for our church We can remain faithful to who we are and who God has called us to be. We can continue to reach out a helping hand to others in need. We can remember that our path forward is to remain faithful to God's call in our life, to love God and to love our neighbor. By faith, Abraham, Sarah, Enoch, the people of Hebrews, they all made it. By faith, by staying true to who we are, we can make it too. Will you join me in prayer? Everlasting God, we thank you for the gift of faith, even when it seems elusive and uncertain. Our hearts continue to break for those so tragically affected by Hurricane Ian. Even as we wrestle with our own fears, worries, and uncertainties. God, in all of this, may you be with us. And may you prompt us to remain faithful, loving you and loving others in it all. Amen. Faith is a gift from God. So even when faith may seem elusive, may we trust that faith is that gift from God. So as we go from this place, may we seek to be faithful to who we are. And may we seek to be faithful to who God has called us to be. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.